Robots Radio presents. Nerds, geeks, and dweebs alike love their particular fandom and often challenge those around them to resist the temptation to become fans themselves. Welcome to Resist This, a podcast put on by Focus Fire Chat, where I, Green Eyed Music Lover, and Blue Crew 86 challenge each other to consume various books, TV shows, and any other fandom-inspiring content, then discuss the ups, downs, insides, and outs. This episode, we feature a fandom of mine, The Stormlight Chronicles. I challenged Blue to read The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, first book in The Stormlight Chronicles. Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna drop the accent because it's just so silly and I don't think I can keep it up the whole time. But so Blue, what was your first impression of the book? Uh it's it's good. Uh it is I, I will preface my entire thing with like it is not for someone who's looking for a light read. Um Yeah, super true. Uh it's it's which like if you are looking for something to really sink your teeth into and like like you want a full meal, this is definitely the book or books, you know to go for um if you're looking for something that's you know this is definitely by no means a short story uh, i think the the, no. the copy that i have is like 1200 pages mm-hmm. uh and like i mean it's it's a it's a it's a thick book um but it's good it's it's good it's but you have to like it's not one of those like books that you can just like read casually uh, even like sure. I know I know longer books that you can read casually like this one's very much on the same page in my mind of like the Kashiel series where you okay. you have to pay attention to because it's got the political aspect you know right. um, for, I haven't read Game of Thrones but that's what I imagine most of that would be similar to I read I read the first Game of Thrones and I thought it was trash um, and so like, well that's I mean there are some definite writing style aspects that they do very similarly the switching of perspectives of writers so um sanderson does this particularly in this series more so than his other ones and he definitely goes from one character's point of view to a totally different character's point of view back and forth well a a few different ones i think there's what three different point of views most of the time Uh, there's sometimes more yeah i know that the the, i know that the book calls out four primary people Mm um out of curiosity this might we might edit this out but out of curiosity was this written after he was contacted by robert jordan i actually don't know i would imagine so yeah because the layout here like you say you you're what you just said makes me think that Mm -hmm. that 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 style rubbed off on him because this is it could be very wheel of time-esque kind of hopping that he does mm-hmm. um it's, he it's does this in a own... lot of his books though oh, okay, okay like okay. this is not this is not unique to this oh this okay. series <clears throat> okay okay um you had mentioned how thick the book is and when i was introduced to sanderson i was introduced by a friend of mine named allison and uh her husband sean they're really big fans of sanderson and they suggested the mistborn series first the mistborn series is a much lighter easier read than the Way of Kings and the Stormlight Chronicles, but the Stormlight Chronicles is much more impactful. Mm-hmm. I think there I are some darker themes played on. Both books have some major transformations of the characters, but Way of Kings is a lot more gritty and 
touches on some of the darker aspects within ourselves that most people struggle with, I think, a little better. So that's why I suggested Stormlight Chronicles for you, because you tend to enjoy that kind of read or that kind of show where it's Mm -hmm. a lot more gritty and more real feeling. Yeah, and it definitely, like, it definitely, he does a really good job dancing on that edge between, like, punishing the the heroes like unnecessarily mm-hmm. which well, is what yeah what i mean what i mean is like it's not like the the game of thrones like let's just kill everyone for no reason sure um but he also doesn't do the whole hey heroes are immortal like he puts his heroes through through the ringer for sure yeah but he does it well, in his a heroes very, make a lot of mistakes they do a and, lot of mistakes oh my god it, it's so good because that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's believable because he gives his heroes like the, like he gives air quote uh, as any author gives, but he gives the heroes the perception of a choice between like paths to take. And, you know, and there are times when the heroes choose right and things Mm -hmm. go pretty well. Like, I mean, there's always something that, you know, will happen. Sure. But like the, like he has a good mix, I think of like that real, like what you're saying, that realistic, like, Hey, you have a choice between going right and left, and if you choose right, it looks easier, but it's probably gonna screw you up more. But you don't know that. But you know, like, but if you choose left, that's the harder path, mm-hmm. or it looks like it's the harder path, but it's actually the safer path. And like, like uh, the character of Dalinar, for instance, mm-hmm. he constantly goes left because I'm pretty sure he's a masochist. But like, he, uh, like, there are times when that actually works out really well for him. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of times that doesn't and like the other characters think that he's an idiot sometimes because he's like they're like why are you doing this like you're making this more challenging for well, no other reason and that gets called out right like that gets called out and, and addressed and i love that and it gets even further fleshed out further in the trilogy well there's a fourth book being released actually this next month but um there's three books out currently as of the time of this this recording and dalinar's transformation from when you first meet him in book one to where he is in book three is enormous because he deals with his own inner demons, which is the thing that I love most about this whole path that Sanderson puts the characters on because the way of Kings is built around this magic system of these interspersed um, planes. You have like a, the plane of thought Mm -hmm. and of will essentially and then you have the mortal plane and there's a couple of different factions on the mortal plane fighting to either destroy the plane of thought or honor or the concept of honor or um, another one that is kind of more trying to bring back the concept of honor and honor is a god who is dead and is absolutely dead through all of this and it's interesting to see the character struggle with the idea of what is honor and what does it mean to be honorable? And how do I honor the concept of the God honor, which they don't quote unquote believe in. Mm-hmm. They're just traversing this path, having the, oh, now I can't think of the name of it. What is, um, Syl? Oh, the, uh, the, oh gosh. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, she's essentially like a Tinkerbell character. Yeah. Uh, she's in like a lot of essence. ways. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, I know, like... Sprin. Sprin. Yeah, that's Sprin. what they're called. Which I love because I really liked the the concept of Sprin. Actually, like, the entire magic system, I think, is what you actually 
you you tricked me into getting into it because I love mag- mm-hmm. like I love unique magic systems, and like the magic system here is really really unique. I really I really like it. Feels really thought out, um, mm-hmm. and it feels like he even though he doesn't tell the reader what's going on, there is a you can tell that there's a logic behind it that's driving you know the 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 rules air quote if you will. Um, which he does I, eventually explain it. I well, right, right. But I mean, what books. I mean is, like, even in this first book, even though you're like you're kind of learning it the same way that uh, Kaladin, the main character, one of the main characters, mm-hmm. he's figuring it out too. Um, and you're kind of learning it along. You know, you're walking that path with him, which I really like. Um, but like the the whole concept of Sprint, um, I think they get called. I think it gets called out pretty early, actually, because there is. I think Kaladin's the one that asks. He's like. Do the sprint cause it, or are the sprint reacting mm-hmm. to it? Like uh, it's the mm-hmm. pain sprint, I think. Like there, yeah. I like how every aspect of our existence has this like concept of this magical inner wine, right. inner interweaving of the real of the world. But it's sure. but it's like you don't know if are the pain sprint causing pain, or are they created. And reacting to the person who's experiencing pain, like, you know, which what's the chicken and the egg, basically. I, right. And, and, and like, even they don't really know. There's the moment of in the first book where Dalinar, um, this kind of kingly or knightly character, him and his, I want to say brother or nephew, I think it's the nephew, do a race to the top of the hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yeah. honor yeah. That's his, Yeah, it was... I think it was his nephew. I think, it's, I think nephew. it was his nephew. Yeah, it was either the nephew or Adeline, his son, because I think they were the ones that had the uh, what is it, the shard plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's when. Yeah, because that's when he was like, ah, I just, he like forgets himself for a couple seconds and. Right, but honor spring sprout right on the right, winner, yeah. which was which was it was the nephew because the nephew is the king. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah. Then and it, it does sprout around the king because dalinar let him win essentially mm-hmm. and he just had that sense that elation and it's there are strong emotion based sprint there's sprint for air sprint there's there's all sorts of different kinds of sprint in the world and it's basically you think about the concept of how greek mythology and really any major pantheon how they have different not necessarily deities, but mm-hmm. some of them deities that explain concepts. Same kind of feel yeah. in this book with that. I got a really big like Native American uh, yeah. concept of like the world is alive. Like it's Gaia. It's like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the it's but it's not necessarily self-aware because like a lot of the Sprint don't like the Sprint don't know that they are in existence like they just they just are which is what some uh, do well and and right there's there's a there's a hierarchy within the sprint um mm-hmm. and then there's so. there's also something that's not sprint but is very sprint like like you know there's like this this distinction that kind of you get you get introduced to later on in the book mm-hmm. um but like the predominant majority of the sprint are just kind of like this this uh almost like anima like it's just like the spirit that is just visible to the people and it's interesting because and this is a a realization throughout the book is that 
you don't know if you're necessarily reading the good guy's side or the bad guy's side. Oh, gosh. Ever. Yes. Ever. I mean, it's always it's always up in the air on whether or not it's good or bad, because you're reading it from the perspective of people and their perspective is always going to seem Mm-hmm. Everyone, kind of everyone is everyone is a hero in their own story, right? But it's very clear as you're reading that some of these characters are not good people necessarily. They have major issues, but they're not they're not evil in the the black and white idea of evil. They have problems, and when they interact with others, they can cause even bigger problems. Like the <laughs> the very first character of the book, Seth Seth Sanson Valano. Oh my gosh, he is my one of my fa- I, I love all the four characters. so like i think that was one of the questions that you know we'll we'll get to wh- or which characters did you like the best and which characters you like the mm-hmm. least like of mm-hmm. the four seth was one or sezeth sit there however you want it he seth. was he was up, i mean he's honestly up there with i, mm-hmm. I view him with kaladin and dalinar as just like the most mm-hmm. intriguing character and it's simply because you don't see a lot of him but the pieces that mm-hmm. you do see of it he's like the um the epitome of someone who has allowed honor to completely dictate his life. Like he does, he, he is aware of what he's doing, but because, and I'm assuming that we find out more about his, his situation, but like, mm-hmm. because of his situation, you know, basically he's uh, indentured to various individuals for, yeah. we don't know. Like, I get the sense that it's not necessarily something that even if he wanted to, he could he could go against. But we don't know that. Like right now, in at the end of the <clears throat> at the end of the first book, the sense is is that he is doing it out of honor. Um, which, and he he holds to that right. a great deal. Oh my gosh! Throughout like, the entire series, it just defers, there's things that shift. Oh my gosh, he defers so much responsibility. But that that's where I kind of come back with. I'm like. I also don't know if he actually has a choice. Like he 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 definitely doesn't want to do the things that he's been forced to do. Like and mm-hmm. he, like the very first thing you well, see from him is him struggling with what he's been ordered to do. Right. And one of the interesting things in this first scene and I'm just I mean it's the very first scene in the book. The first scene of the book, Seth has been charged by a culture a group of people who are at a truce (laughs) festival or festivity evening with this other country and the the country that is doing this truce with them have ordered seth to kill the king of the country they're doing the truce with that they're celebrating the truce with and he is supposed to assassinate them right and he was also and he's also supposed to do it in a very like he's he's ordered to do it in a very specific way yes to frame certain like i mean it's very it's a very political statement and -hmm. the entire time like and he's so powerful like that's the other thing Mm -hmm. that i really like i love the dichotomy with his character is because he is i would argue one of the more powerful characters in the book currently yes but he is also one of the weakest characters because of this whole indentitude that he is Mm -hmm. like he basically has this achilles heel of whoever has the oh, I can't remember if it's stone. Like the stone or whatever mm-hmm. that basically if you hold the stone he's your slave and he will do whatever you tell him to even if he finds it despicable which like I love his like his one what was it the uh, the stepping on stones is uh, yeah he heresy hates it. his heresy to his stone culture walkers. Mm-hmm. I love I love that like little nuance thing where and it's like it's constantly called out too because 
it's constantly like this is he has to step on stones to to do like the task and he's constantly Mm -hmm. having to like throw sand in the face of his culture mostly because the people who control him don't have any idea i think right about his culture right and there's other things within the book and the various cultures um the uh, Alethi, the Alethi mm-hmm. culture is very odd because women are the only ones allowed to read and write. Oh gosh, yeah, I. Oh. And the men are not, but the women have to cover their. I want to say it's is it's it's either their left hand yeah, or their right hand I think completely. It's, it's their their offhand. That that was another thing. Is like what happens to the people who are left handed? Like, are they just? Do they just not? Like, is it is it something? Because they're what is it? Is their safe hand or whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. And they have like I think it's a, it's a really cool concept, but they have like that cultural like you're not it, it's very um, taboo. The women, it's yeah, the women are still sh- forced to use their their hand the 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 one that is allowed. Free hand, yeah. Um, before we get dive into the, a little bit more this discussion on like we've done a lot of likes, I kind of want to get into some dislikes too. But let's take a quick ad break before we dive into that. Tune into the Spin Foil Theory podcast for questions. <laughs> Who's an or? Who's an or? What is, what is an or? What is that? For queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. For spinfoil theories. Mars saw the Sabbath moon. The spinfoil theory podcast. Insert information here. So why didn't he didn't give the he didn't give the information? We didn't give he didn't give the information. Oh, uh, yeah. Spinfoil Theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at, at Twitter at Spinfoil Theory and or uh, uh, Spinfoil Theory at gmail.com. Okay, so the hand thing is interesting because there's no right and hand left-handedness ever mentioned that I can remember in the entire trilogy. So the, it seems like it doesn't matter for that, that women are forced to use that one offhand for things, unless they're common people. Some some of those women wear gloves on that hand, and it's considered kind of a lower class to do so instead of just completely wrapping the hand. Mm, yeah, because they had like sleeves, right? Yeah, there's the common one is to have a sleeve, but they also he has pockets yes. like in those sleeves <laughs> or like purses in those sleeves, and it's like that's brilliant. It is, but it also made my head hurt because I was trying to figure out like how that works. <laughs> like, I'm thinking you have, like a big bulb on your end of your sleeve well, yeah. or whatever. Well, you know those hand warmers, those old fashioned ones that you see women wear to the operas. Mm-hmm. My head went similar to that, like but the, instead of it being a puffs, separate, the puffs that they yeah. put both. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it would always stay on one hand throughout whatever. If they, oh. the woman would take one hand out to talk about the opera and stuff like that, and then she'd put it back in there when they were cold and walking. So she never like took it off and just like held it to her side. One hand always stayed in. So in my mind, as far as like how that looked, it was still a dress, a cloth dress, but it would have this kind of effect where the woman could slip her other hand in with that hand. So that's where the pocket would be. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean the pockets were not small. Like, because I think was it no. Shaylin is the one of the main characters. She's the, the Shalon, yeah, Shalon, the liar. Basically, it's the one that like Kaladin's the surgeon, Shalon's the liar, Seth is the assassin, and Dalinar is the prince. 
is kind of the, the thing that they mentioned on the back of the book. And that's like mm-hmm. the four major characters that you, I mean, you, you get introduced obviously to a whole host of other characters, but those are like definitely the four that, you know, it feels, and actually talking about something like Shalon was really a struggle for me. Like I see, I love Shalon. Right. Right. And I like, I get the purpose of Shalon, mm-hmm. but like I was just, I struggled with her character because like the other character, and, and this is, you know, obviously my bias, like Kaladin was really easy for me to connect with because like I, I I kind of see his perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. Dalinar was very easy for me because the whole like, again, the perspective is very similar to, to my own. Um, Seth was really interesting because it was so foreign. Like his his character was just so foreign. Shallan was just kind of like, to me, Shallan felt like filler. And I understand, like, as as she grew, she definitely grows. Uh, and by the end of it, like, her character actually is very interesting. But, like, when she was first introduced, I was like, huh, who, who is this? Like, what, what is going on? Um, there, sh- Her character does get a lot more treatment in the second and third book, I think, as far as why she is the way she is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember if the story of the the light and the safe that... that calling to her is in the first book or not the the big thing with her were the characters with care or the characters with writing as heads which was like mm-hmm. really silent hillish i kind of yeah. got the sense of like they were uh-huh. kind of like they weren't really pyramid heads but they were kind of like that type that sense is kind of what i got from them um, yeah this he definitely presents her sprint the cryptics I can't remember if that's actually what they're called, yeah, they, but I always yeah, thought they, of them as such. Yeah, that's a good name for them because because she also has that really weird um, uh, photographic memory. And oh my mm-hmm. gosh, the ending where the 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 antihero is actually like the antagonist actually finally gets revealed. Like, I don't want to spoil it, but like it's not who you were expecting. I was like, I was like, oh. Oh, like I actually was that actually threw me for a little bit of a loop. I was really actually really pleasantly kind of surprised by yeah, who actually is working again. like I I don't really know the funny if, thing. I don't really know if he thinks that he's a bad guy though. Like it's it's again it's exactly. that whole thing. It's like I'm like you're not helping, but you're not like the people you're hurting you're help like you're are you helping some because he, we we like literally you get introduced to him like i think what like two chapters before the end of the book so you have like no concept of his or his uh motivation really other than what he kind of is like he says but like i was like oh my god what this came out of left field so good that twist i really like that twist it is real nice now here's what i want to find out from you was there anything that you were like that you liked least about this book um it it was uh, the con- the the confusion of the system um which is like a, a loaded criticism because it's also what i liked about the book um but like are I, you like I, the political system um, the magic system yes okay like i mean, it, it's i i remember when i read the first the prequel which like it kind of it th- it throws you in it throws you in the deep end and it's it's a sink or swim yeah. it's a sink or swim approach and I remember I I can't remember if I messaged you or if I just thought about messaging you being like what the hell is going on mm-hmm. like I'm so confused because like you get thrown into the tail like the very first very first thing you get thrown into is this battle that 
seems important, but you have no idea what's going on. It's not really a battle. It's like the end of a battle. Mm-hmm. And it's literally like half a chapter, it feels like. And then it right. ends and it's like, okay, 4,500 years later. I'm like, what? 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 Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Like, okay, so that obviously is important. And then it is. And then you get the um, the introduction of Seth and his whole mm-hmm. assassination. And then you get another time jump. Oh, I think it's like five years. And then you get into the meat of the book. And, and so yep. it's like, I'm like, okay, trying to keep track. Like, I felt like I needed to put a mind map together to keep track of like, what's going on it's, but like i can definitely say for somebody who has read or listened to this book probably five or six times now it is better the stuff that happens in the beginning that is really like oh my god what in the world is going on here it gets better the more you read the book right, right. like if you I, read it over and over because you're going to start that. piecing together those things yeah. um the opening battle you're getting um, magics and swords. Oh, yeah, it's this like giant and rock creature. And they're and, like, put the sword in the stone. I'm like, what? Why? Why are we putting the swords in the stone? Like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> and it that is a very important right moment to the overarching story, like the meta story of this world, that you don't realize until way, way down the line, mm-hmm. because it goes. The meta story, a mini story, because there's quotes at the beginning of each one, and I'm right. actually going to read one of these quotes. Oh my gosh, they're and so interesting then, and so infuriating. Crypt, like just, uh-huh. oh, I'm like, uh-huh. I, I see, like, there's definitely like the about the tenth or fifteenth one. I'm like, okay, what in hell is going on with these quotes? Oh, and then, I like, love it when this comes together. Right, that and part, then like oh. it's start like oh, I've, so I've started like I think it's near the end where they start kind of. There's a, there's, I know there's been a couple mentions with um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Dalinar's daughter, I think, j- j- the the heretic one, Yasna. Uh, Yasna, yeah, she has made a comment about him, and I think she was the one that made a comment because she's the researcher that's doing all this like crazy stuff, um, mm-hmm. and they made a comment about that, and then at the very end, uh, the the. <laughs> air quote big bad he's not he i don't think he's the big bad but he's, he's like he's not the big yeah bad. i think he's he's one of the steps to the big bad um he's a harbinger i guess of the big bad mm-hmm. um he also makes a comment of it because that's that's ultimately like one of his things that he's been doing um mm-hmm. and so like it's like okay there's definitely thing but i'm like what is like the reading it at every chapter i'm like because at first you like you put chapter you put quotes at the beginning of a chapter and it's like okay this is you know something that has to do with the chapter no or with the world <laughs> it's um, like no so this is just a random quote it feels like it does feel that way until you get further in and the best way i can describe how brandon sanderson writes in comparison to any other author that i can i personally have exposure to sanderson writes books as if he's running a D&D campaign where instead of having the entire group with him all the time, he's doing he's working through their backstory mm-hmm. with them for a very long time and slowly bringing the group together. And the concepts that you're getting with these quotes, that is a mini story in the overall world that does eventually have weight in with what's going on but it doesn't directly tie to any of the main characters so it's it does stand apart and he's broken it up beautifully throughout these chapters um 
I'm just going to go ahead and read the very first quote in chapter. This is the prologue. This isn't even the first chapter. This is prologue. The love of men is a frigid thing, a mountain stream only three steps from the ice. We are his, O storm father. We are his, but it is, or it is but a thousand days, and the ever storm comes. Collected on the first day of the week, Pala, of the month, Shash, of the year se- or 1171, 31 seconds before death. Subject was a dark-eyed pregnant woman of middle years. The child did not survive. Now, we were talking a little bit about things we don't like. This, that concept, dark eyes versus oh. bright eyes. Mm. I had a very personal, visceral reaction to that because it reminded me of Nazism. I know it's not... But it uh, had that feel as like the well, the blue eye kind of concept. Well, and it's not just blue; it's also like the lighter shades, right? And I I like uh, there's mm-hmm. a character Wit. He kind of points out like it's I think it's like one of the last sections. He makes a comment about. Hang on, let me see if I can find it real quick. But he makes a comment like he's like this is silly, like that they they uh they find like oh gosh what is it? He basically makes a comment about like how stupid it is. But then he also, mm-hmm. but then he qualifies it. He's like, yeah, but I've also seen like really stupid things. <laughs> like he's like, right? Why? Like this doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it, but it also, in the and light of everything else, he's like, there's been other stupid things that people have chosen to follow other people for. This is true, and they and Sanderson does actually write a reason why very likely that bright eyes became considered higher in the hierarchy mm. versus the dark eyes. And that is because, and I don't know if you, how far you get into it, but it's because of the spren themselves and the power they imbue. Oh, okay. They their yeah. eyes t- change with that. Yeah, here's his quote. He says that crazy man happened to have blue eyes, which let him get away with all kinds of trouble. Perhaps mm-hmm. which should have been bemused by the stock these people put in something as simple as eye color. But he had been many places and seen many methods of rule. This didn't seem any more ridiculous than most others. This is true. He's not the only one who makes that comment either. I think uh, one of the slaves, uh, the rock, the um, rock, rock. I think his name is Rock. Yeah, he makes a comment about it too. He's like, "You guys are crazy! Like, (laughs) people think like the weirdest thing." I like, I like that the the like even in the world there is disagreement about something as actually important as the determination of who is ruling who mm-hmm. like i think that's really cool um air sick lowlanders air sick lowlanders oh my gosh i love rock is his like his whole thing of being like because he's the one that they're like do you know how to shoot a bow and he's like maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like are you going to shoot a bow no okay well we'll figure it out well, oh, give i me love it. his character <laughs> because his character has this sense of honor of mm-hmm. He, because of his birth order, he's not allowed to be a oh, that's right, warrior. Yeah, yeah. he he is he is bound by his own f- honor of his culture to not be a warrior, even though he has done that and I believe like has defended things. But he's not allowed to kill another man. He's not allowed to wield weapons. But he does know how to use them, mm-hmm. and he uses them well. Yes, he does. He chooses to. He use, he chooses to be a cook. That is his his thing. Make a stew. Yes. But, but yeah, no, as far as like my like one of my biggest dislikes, I guess, it, it's it's intertwined with my my likes is that this book is definitely a slow burn. 
Like yeah. this is this is a slow. I, but um, I remember like when we first when you first started telling me about this book, the reason why you were saying, you know, hey, give this a read is because I was I was complaining because of the whole Wheel of Time situation, which we can mm-hmm. you know get into later. But like after reading this book, I totally understand and see why Sanderson was chosen to take up the mantle of Jordan for the finishing of the Wheel of Time because their styles really do align very well with regard to that particular structure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do that right after this little ad break real quick and we can finish out this, uh, the resist this. I am quite proud of that. Anyway, ad break. Are you worried you don't have all the answers? Have you ever found yourself in an internet rabbit hole? Call, Call Mystery Time, Time Live today! today. It's a new detective business with plenty of heart and a questionable track record. We're only in the office for an hour every Wednesday. Come hang out. Solve a mystery. It's a podcast. It's a live show. It's a swell time. Subscribe now. The producers of Mystery Time Live ask kindly not to take any advice or guidance of the host because they have no idea what they're doing. No mystery live can be fully solved. Invest in rich advice from any outside source or sheer luck. You can find them live on the Twitch app and find their podcast later on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Listening may cause hurtful your death or loss of sanity. We are sorry. This is probably legally binding and you cannot do it. Okay, so you mentioned Will of Time. I know you were your resistance to getting into Sanderson was because of him finishing Robert Jordan's epic mm-hmm. how did he finish just the last book or did he re- he wrote a couple of them i thought yeah they split so like the story behind that was robert jordan like he started wheel of time and basically it's very sad he ran out of he ran out of time uh i think it was cancer he died of but like when he public like there's so originally the book series was supposed to be like 13 or 14 books and i think it was around the time that he published the 11th book that he basically he kind i mean he saw the writing on the wall well before then but he also like thought he could i think he thought he could get it done um he and he realized around the 11th book that he couldn't and so they reached out him and him and his wife reached out and kind of chose basically chose the credit like the person that they were going to pass on to um and sanderson was the one that they introduced and i think they actually co-wrote one of the book like one like the 13th Mm -hmm. book or something they co-wrote and then then jordan died and sanderson went on to finish the series um and actually ended up i think he actually ended up splitting the last book into two books because there was just there's there was so much like in wheel of time that had to be addressed at the end because they wanted to end it end it not like do it stupid sure hey next time you know like whatever um and there were so many threads that were being spread through wheel of time that he wanted to do them all justice and like when i first heard about that my initial thought was oh this guy's just you know basically writing the writing the coattails of of a really decent author and you know basically kind of using it as an excuse to make more money um which i know is not a very generous view but it's really hard because that's what i've seen it happen sure. a lot um, sure. sanderson actually like after reading way uh the way of kings like i i really think that he it, it, i think it was a genuine thing um i think that he I, i'm i'm actually willing to go back and read the books i have them i just haven't read them yet um mm-hmm. because you know life uh and they're they're not like wheel of time is like 
every Wheel of Time book is like the size of Way of Kings. Like it's a huge series. Sure. It's a huge. I mean, sure. massive. It is a lot easier to read. Jordan is a lot. Um, Jordan is a lot less cryptic in his. Like, I mean, there's there's things that Jordan slips in that you don't realize until you go back and read. Like after you've read it a couple times. But like he's not as nearly dense of a read as Sanderson, um, which makes me actually really interested to see how they marry their styles up because because Sanderson's concluding everything. I'm like, how does that work? Like, mm-hmm. curious that. But yeah, that's that's how I got introduced to Sanderson, and then I remember yeah. talking to you, and you're like, oh no, he wrote because I think at the time I think you were I think you were reading Mistborn at that time. I can't Probably. remember. It's funny because Sanderson Sanderson is an interesting writer in that he doesn't just stick with he has a formula. I will say that. He does have a formula. But he doesn't stick with the same concepts with each formula. Like the the Stormlight Chronicles are very much so this um power struggle between these realms as well as between these um nations in some ways and races but the Mistborn series is more post-apocalyptic in some ways which is also the feel in way of kings don't get me wrong mm-hmm, there is yeah. post-apocalyptic feel there but um Mistborn has more of a chosen one feel to it um it's a lot easier to read it's a lot less dense it's a lot less cryptic a little just an easier read, but he also has things. Um, the last grouping of the Mistborn series is takes place years after the main story, and it's a slightly different technology age. If you think of like D and D style, like you have your different ages, you can have your fantasy versus your steampunk and stuff like that. And he's played even in the steampunk realm. There's a series that he's written that's steampunk based, which is. He strikes me as Julie's someone. Like, yeah, he strikes me as someone who would fit really well in the Dishonored universe. He would. Like his I think his he would. style of writing. I think <clears throat> when you say him and steampunk in the same sentence, that's the first thing that comes to mind is Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Like his yeah. his political acumen and like presentation of political uh, strife and struggle really mm-hmm. is along the lines of what you see within Dishonored and Dishonored Two. Like the, he does a really good job of, he does a really good job of like, everyone is really politically, um, good, like good, like they're really good Mm -hmm. at like kind of doing that subtle dance, but there's not really, you know, you kind of said this at the beginning, there's not really like one person who's like, aha, you're evil. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's everyone is doing this thing for what they perceive to be the greater good. Mm-hmm. which naturally puts them at opposition to, you know, not necessarily their enemies. Like there, there's, you know, there's a scene within even way of Kings where one of them backstabs their closest friend and, or closest friend air quote on friend, but like, sure. But like they are basically, there's these two characters who are basically brothers to each other and they don't necessarily see eye to eye, but they, they respect each other. And there is a scene where, you know, one of them stabs the other one in the back and it's a huge it's a huge scene it's a very mm. important scene and i love the cult nation because someone finally gets called out for some of the stuff that i'm like thank you for calling this out because ah was i it's mm-hmm. like one of those like it's one of those things where it's like everyone knows what's going on but no one will call them out on it and then finally it snaps yep. and he's like nope i'm done like <laughs> 
like, yeah. like yes <laughs> which i'm sure is going to come back and ruin people in the next book but i will after we're done recording since we're avoiding as many spoilers as possible i do want to know which one you're talking about because i have a few in my head and i can give you a little hint whether or not it goes on but oh i think would you yeah read- we already ca- we already kind of talked about it because it was it's near the end it's near the end it's like one of the big big betrayals that happens gotcha um but it was good it was so good and it was so organic like mm-hmm. you know it, a lot of these a lot of these like um they're not really cliffhanger betrayal but like a lot of these like big betrayals it's it's very hard to write that in a way that it's not seen as a way to push the story forward in a very artificial way um right sanderson did a really good job in like it's a hundred percent in character on all sides and mm-hmm. it's almost tragic in the sense that it was it was kind of inevitable that it was going to happen like you saw it coming and you're just like no it's a train wreck don't do it like be yeah. better and then the character of course is like nope you're gonna do this and i'm gonna you know take this opportunity and it's like ah but yeah, would that you was read a- another book by him yeah i'm already on the hunt for the second one i will oh, i will i'm gonna try to read i think it's uh radiance i think is the one uh words of radiance, words of radiance should be yeah. the same. and then Oathbringer is the third one yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna mm-hmm. try to find the second one um so yeah it's it's i mean it's it's one of those books that i definitely it's like kashiel like like the Kashiel, uh, Kashiel's Darts trilogy. It's it's mm-hmm. very dense. It's very, very hard to get into, I think. But once you get into it, it sucks you in. Like it's it's I like th- it's like the best and the worst part of it is that it's a very dense book. Yeah. I think the thing that is probably if you know this going into The Way of Kings, if you know that you're going to be following broken people doing broken things and learning how not necessarily to like push aside their brokenness and become better like there is an aspect of that in it sure but they truly it's not a superhuman effort they will fall down they will mess up they will cause problems they will cause (laughs) problems for other people many times over sometimes even deliberately (laughs) yeah oh my gosh but they they also um, have so much growth that's what they I do. love about it. Is, and it's honest growth. Yeah. It's not It's not a superhero book. It's not a D&D campaign where your character is just going to be lawful good all the time. These are definitely not, with the exception of Dalinar, who is not lawful good. He's lawful, <laughs> but he's not lawful good. Just going to give that out there. All these characters are very, they're all very neutral. And that is something I appreciate because they are real life people in my mind. That and when you say neutral, I mean, it's, they are neutral. They They are very neutral. They will do bad things. Like Dalinar is Mm -hmm. an example of that. Dalinar does, and Dalinar, like, I like Dalinar's neutrality because he tries he doesn't necessarily try to do the best thing, but he tries not to do the evil things. And when he realizes right. that he does something that could be perceived as evil, there's, there's one one scene that I remember near the end, he does something and he's like, oh, I see how that could be perceived as bad. He actually, like, 
he actually has that self-reflectiveness where he's like ah that was that was a bad thing to do like in Mm -hmm. in like it's not necessarily he's not like he doesn't necessarily change like he follows through with it but he's like he recognizes he's like this is not gonna this is not the best way to do this but i you know he he feels like he has to um yeah i i like that i like that they have there's a separation between what the characters see as the perfect like archetype and they're striving to be that archetype but because they are not perfect they don't they they don't achieve it like nearly Mm -hmm. ever there's and there's real consequences when they don't oh yeah real real consequences there's one constant i don't think it happens in this book it happens later on in the series but there's one consequence that you're like oh my gosh this character's gone like this character is done he can't do it anymore like there's no way well, and... Shalon, Shalon nearly had one of those moments when she, mm-hmm. when, Shalon, oh my gosh, know, she got caught and she nearly ended up being gone, like because she did something stupid, and yeah. but then she she it it was like she did something and then she tried to cover it up and her covering it up was actually the problem, like it was like yep. this, oh my gosh, uh, yeah, it's I I love the characters, I think that that really is where the the you know the strength and the focus has been like the world is really fascinating but those characters like you were saying like the fact that they are the fact that they are imperfect is both infuriating Mm -hmm. and addicting because you're constantly like there's there's that there's one scene near the end where like i was reading the chapter and i'm like i'm honestly like I don't know how this chapter is going to end. And I really like that in mm-hmm. a book, like when you can't really know where it's going. And the it's best part, telegraphed. it's well, and the best part about it was like, it could have gone one of two ways. And I was like, I would have been upset if it ended the way it didn't, but uh, like one way, but I was mm-hmm. like, I would have been, I would have been upset because I wanted more of this character. I didn't want th- this character's story to end necessarily in that, mm-hmm. in that fashion. And, um, but at the same time, both of those endings would have been completely acceptable because sure. they were organically driven by the choices that led to that point. And it was just like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Understand. Like, I hope that this happens and it, it ended up working in a certain way, but I'm like, like this requires another character to make a choice that yeah, it's not, and it's not in their best interest to make this choice. And, you know, they, technically at that point in the story we're not making altruistic choices so it was it was a very interesting point and i really liked i that drove home the the whole thing of like that the concept of you know it's called sonder uh the concept that every single character every single person that you meet has this full story that does not necessarily interact with each other and it's it's like you know every certain character has this thing they have their own story that's it's like a you know, I think you said this. It's like the collection of all these backstories and the slow merging of the mm-hmm. characters into a group. But there's gonna be points where, like throughout the book, there were points where they they actually bump into each other. Like, yeah, the characters all bump into each other multiple times before they actually realize, you know, or not realize, but because like even now they haven't really realized. But it, before they start like actually working together, they, there's constant like little pats of this of their yep. threads there are moments and you could see the i think the best 
description I've ever seen is a dungeon dungeon master for like D and D pulling all the webs together slowly. Yeah, that's, you see perfect. them coming together. Yeah, and I would say my last question before we close this out is: Does this book on a cliffhanger, or is it a good standalone? Oh my god, the cliffhanger! It ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, but it's such it a really good does. one. It's such a good cliffhanger. The, uh, it oh, is. I love it's. It ends with wit. Like that's that's the best way to end this book is the ending. And wit just like he's a he's an he feels like he's an Can important I? character, but he really isn't present in a lot of stuff. Like he's definitely like the I almost view him as like a Merlin like character. Like he's mm-hmm. kind of there giving advice when it's needed. Like he kind of pushes a couple things. Um, but oh my gosh, yes, it ends on a cliffhanger, and it's a the most beautiful, frustrating thing done. about Wit. Wit is an important character in all the books, <laughs> but you still learn nothing about him. You only get the barest hints, and it is love the number one thing that I am angry about not having gotten at not nearly enough in the last book that came out. So I I am excited for the fourth book to come out because, good lord. I have like anyway. I have a theory about wit, but I like I mean I obviously mm. I mean I'm sure there's tons of them, but like the the it definitely ends on a cliffhanger, and mm-hmm. it's definitely got serious implications of what's gonna happen. Like it's oh my gosh, but but I mean I go into a book if I know a book is a part of a trilogy or a series, cliffhangers I'm like that's yeah that's part of the process to yeah. me. It it's is. when it's when the series ends and they do the cliffhanger at the end of the series that that that's when I get annoyed because I'm like ah don't do that like <laughs> just end or if it. the like, series just... is like the King Slayer series and Patrick Rothfuss never finishes the third oh, book and it's been working. ten years he's and we're working on it. oh I'm so mad at that man <laughs> give him a break I'm so no it's been look it's been long enough Patty you get that stuff done I want to know what happens to Kavoth. Anyway, that's another episode. Uh, I don't have a closing for this yet, so we're just going to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Blue. Goodbye, Blue. Night, guys.